Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach, brought to you by the TeacherCast Educational Network. If you are in charge of professional development and looking to build an innovative digital learning experience, this is the podcast for you. Join us each week as we uncover strategies that tech coaches are using to drive their digital transformations one classroom at a time. And now for your host, with over two decades of experience working with tech coaches and edtech companies from all around the world, Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Teacher Cast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making Teacher Cast your home for professional development. This is Ask the Tech Coach podcast. Welcome to 2021. It is a new year, and I am so excited to be talking to you guys today. Thank you once again for making Teacher Cast a part of your professional learning platforms. I have a fantastic guest today talking all about curriculum and how we as tech coaches can be supporting that curriculum. And if you have any thoughts on this topic, we would love to have you guys reach out. You can, of course, find us on Twitter over at Ask the Tech Coach. And of course, check out all of the new archives over on AskTheTechCoach.com. We've got some great things there and we've got some great adventures coming up on our Teacher Cast Tech Coaches Network. So I hope you guys have a chance to check out all the action over at AskTheTechCoach.com. We would love to have you. My guest today is the author of an amazing book all about curriculum. And I want to welcome onto the program Miss Kat Howard. Kat, how are you today? Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach. I'm good, thank you, Jeff. How are you? I am such good today. We had a great holiday. How was your holiday? Fantastic, actually. Yeah, really full on. With um, we have three boys, so it's always mayhem, but really good. Yeah, good and rested. And and tell everybody where you're from today. Um, so I am an assistant principal in an all through school. So that's from four all the way through to eighteen. So sixth form included in Northamptonshire, so an inner city school. How many students are you responsible for? Um, so we're at 2,000 students um, at the school, quite diverse um, demographic as well, um, quite a high disadvantage, so a real mixture in there. Yeah, it's quite a challenge, but a good challenge. You know, a lot of the coaches that listen to this show are in that same position. They're running in districts. Maybe they're the only coach in an entire district. Maybe they're responsible for that K-8 or that 9-12 kind of area. Talk to us a little bit your school system what are some of the challenges that you guys are facing feel free to talk COVID if you want but i mean overall in general what are what does the school systems look like in in the uk these days i think it's making sure i mean we very much breathe a knowledge-rich curriculum and it's about making sure that everybody is entitled to and we have a duty of care to make sure that everyone has access to that that high challenge curriculum irrespective of you know socioeconomic um background or or anything like that you know when it comes to tech barriers but particularly at the moment i'm going to try not too much to touch on the c word um but um i i think that it's it's our kind of our duty of care to make sure that everybody has access to amazing curriculum content so that they're able to engage with the wider world and that's that's kind of where we we place ourselves now in america here we have tech coaches digital learning coaches instructional to all kinds of different ways of saying the same you know professional development position um do you have such a position over in the uk and if so what are they generally called yeah, so we have an extended senior leadership team, quite a, a large senior leadership team, and our ro- responsibilities and roles within that senior leadership team are to oversee particular aspects as such. So my responsibility within school is to oversee staff professional development 
Um, I oversee our coaching team within the school. So um, every, every member of staff is coached as part of their professional development. We see it as absolutely integral to developing our teachers. That's awesome. Um, in my district, uh, we have a, a very large school district, 24 buildings, K-12. We are actually this year <clears throat> starting off a brand new chapter. We're creating a digital learning uh, de department. Uh, we have about eight people that we're starting as full-time, full-employed tech coaches. What does that look like for you guys? I mean, how many how many staff members are your coaches and you know working with? You said you have 2,000 students. H how does that department look for you? Um, so we probably have about 50 coaches um, who wow. coach staff within what we what we did is we trained a, a large amount of our staff body so that they're able to work with probably four to five maximum. I wanted to make sure that our coaches had a really small team of people to develop um, almost as an old fashioned line management process. But that, that there was a real focus so that they know exactly what, you know, the needs of those particular staff and um, where they're currently at the moment. And we placed a great deal of ownership onto the member of staff for their own professional development. So that member of staff will come to their coach, but as I say, the, the onus is on them to create their self-made goals at the beginning of the academic year, work out you know, where they are professionally, where they want to see themselves, what they want to work on. And there's a real kind of focus on pedagogy um, or developing them as, themselves as a subject expert when it comes to setting those goals themselves. Um, and then we, we take it from there really. So those coaches um, can meet with their, um, their coaches if they want to every other week. Um, it's, it's a really informal process, but we do safeguard. So we protect time um, at three key points over the course of the academic year for those coaches to meet with coaches and, and really just to have that space and time to discuss their professional development because it's, it's absolutely vital to developing teachers. I, I, I'm, I'm stuck <laughs> on the fact that you just said one coach for every four, every four staff members. That's, that's an amazing ratio right there. That is absolutely mind blowing that ratio there. I mean, how, first of all, kind of, let's, let's talk a little bit about what the district is. If I was to ask, you know, are you Microsoft based, Google based? What, what, what's the backbone? What's your LMS? Like how does all that work? Yeah, so we, we've literally just this year, because of obviously the um, the thing that we're not talking about, um, moved over to using Microsoft Teams as a, a core part of engaging with students, but also as a way of, um, of um, ensuring that um, teachers have access to professional development as well, particularly while we were working from home for such an extended period of time. Um, it just it really opened up so many opportunities for staff to engage with CPD um, remotely on a flexible basis around children um, and I think that was really really important to maintain that that sense of community I think as a school um, CPD was the welcome distraction I think for for what was a really really challenging time as I think we can all appreciate um, I think it was also a really nice way to continue to build those communities that sense of collaboration um, in in you know for some teachers was quite an isolating period I think so my Microsoft Teams did wonders for us. Um, and we've actually kind of continued that now that we've gone back into school. So 
we have um, a Microsoft team platform. All of our particular faculties, our, our different subject teams have a, a specific teams group. But we also have um, a SharePoint as the school as a whole where we share all of our professional development. So on there, we can signpost staff. If, if a coach is having a meeting with one of the people that they're coaching, they can signpost them to that platform. And there is a series of pre-recorded, really short, manageable um, sessions, CPD sessions, that staff can access and revisit, which I think has, has really kind of moved professional development on, not just in our school, but I think as a profession, really. That sounds very similar to mm. my school district. You know, we started teams this year. We're, we're looking to make the jump with students next year, but this year we're both basically doing it with the adults. Um, one of my roles is to be building our SharePoint intranet, putting together this, leading the, the digital learning. I mean, your story sounds just a few months ahead of where we're going. So, um, yeah, no, this is awesome. And, and I'm, I'm glad that you're mentioning all of this stuff. I mean, when, when you're looking at this as, as far as coaches and I'm sorry, I'm still stuck on one coach for four people. <laughs> what, what, but, that's what, what, but I think it, it, we trained teachers as coaches. So I think that's what helps the resource there because, you know, in order to develop as a teacher, I think understanding the process of coaching and how coaching works and moving you know, up and down that spectrum as a coach between really providing guidance and signposting and, you know, quite directive and knowing when to, you know, lean back a little bit and let the individual take ownership of their professional development. Moving up and down that spectrum is such a, a vital part of understanding how to develop teachers that that's why we wanted our teachers to understand the process of coaching, you know, it, and it has done amazing things because then you're having all of those conversations I think professional conversations in schools that aren't about data or accountability or grades they're just talking about great teaching and there's been so much feedback from coaches about you know because they're teachers about how much they've gained for their own practice as a result of those conversations so I think the the kind of scope the impact of it is uh, as a result of having teachers as coaches has been probably you know vaster than than maybe we even realize at this point you know, the joke that we say here on the show is if you have 10 tech coaches in the room, you have about 24 different job descriptions. What, <laughs> what do you see as the primary function of a coach? It's to support the fill in the blank. Oh, I'm not even sure I'm okay with the support. It's to support the the development, the ongoing, the continual development of the profession as a whole uh, in whatever capacity that might take. And, and it's again, it's coming back to that spectrum of when you're having that conversation with a person in a, as a coach, in a, a coaching capacity, knowing when to go, okay, what do you think that might need to look like? What do you think, you know, th this obstacle that you're presenting to me, um, what are the current barriers? What's the reality? What's the what does that look like to be 10 out of 10 on your questioning or your, you know, your subject knowledge? How do we how do you enable that you're able to make that journey in order to get to that? And as a coach, it's knowing when to perhaps, as I say, be more directive and provide some of the answers and knowing when to step back. And that's that's a really powerful role to bring teachers on, I think, at any level of their career. And it helps us as well to come back to those conversations about the fact that we are we are a graduate profession, but we're never done. Like we're never finished. There's always something we can mm -hmm. continually improve at. And coaching, it, it helps us provide that narrative, I think. 
Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, even, even as people are listening to this show today, this, you know, is launching on Monday, uh, January the 4th, I believe this is, <laughs> um, you know, I'm starting my meetings today with our new digital learning team to have these conversations of what does coaching look like? How do you get in? How do you introduce um, our coaches are going to be split among three different buildings and mm. trying to manage, you know, five days, three buildings, subject areas, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And and I'm looking forward to it. You know, obviously as we go in through teams, that is going to be the great equalizer trying to bring things in. I know we're a little off the topic here that we wanted to discuss, <laughs> but I, I'm just fascinated here. How has your adoption of Teams gone so far? I mean, it's one thing to say Teams is now our meeting location, but to actually get in and use it and, you know, those those 201, 301, 501 level uses of Teams, um, I'm assuming you have a longer roadmap. It, it didn't just turn the light bulb on and things worked. Oh, you know what? So I was responsible for setting up um, the platforms within Teams and kind of introducing um, staff to it and also, um, you know, creating a, a policy as such or a process so that students could access it as well. And it was probably the biggest um, learning curve for me this year because a great deal of the, the content out there for Microsoft Teams is all about how to build your business. Um, and yeah. so, you know, exactly. and, and, and yeah, and finding, you know, how to do things. It's it's such a, um, a new skill set, a new domain, but it's been really fun. And like you said, it's about kind of that, once you've got that initial setup, it's about maintaining the engagement, the interaction from teachers with it, because you can't just say, okay, here's loads of stuff, um, use loads <laughs> of stuff. And so, you know, and so what we had to do is add value to it, essentially. I... I, I, it's funny. I, I'm I'm right here, just nodding my. I know this is an audio show, but I'm just nodding my head, going, "Yes, that's where we are. That's that's yeah. these are the discussions that we're having." You know, when we're looking at things here and we're looking at the coaching position, I, I want to talk to a little bit about the importance of having these coaches know what their focus is. I know we're focusing on humans. I know we're focusing on making sure that things are happening in the school district, but really, we're here to help make sure our teachers are comfortable in their classrooms, supporting their curriculum. Now, you recently released an amazing book called Symbiosis. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Symbiosis, yeah. Symbiosis, okay. <laughs> Talk to us a little bit about the book. Uh, where can we find it and what's in it? Um, so it's available via the John Cat website, who are um, my publisher. It's also available via Amazon as well. Um, we were incredible enough to, it's co-authored with um, um, a dear um, kind of friend of mine, Claire Hill, who is a trust lead across um, a series of schools. Um, and um, really the underpinning messages behind symbiosis was the fact that sometimes curriculum is presented as somewhat of a holy grail that only so many people within a school with so many years experience can be a part of and be involved in curriculum development. And we kind of wanted to flip the narrative on that and actually say um, curriculum is almost the cornerstone of everything in schools. Curriculum is about um, teacher well-being and that sense of purpose and being really fired up into, you know, into work every day um, I think sometimes we underestimate what a decent curriculum can do for teacher well-being and feeling that sense of purpose um, and, but also that all teachers are curriculum designers um, that it's not just one or two individuals sitting in a room putting a curriculum plan together for students and then going here you are here's what you're teaching this week actually mm -hmm. again coming back to this graduate profession um, we have so 
so much resource in our staff teams within, um, you know, within our, our staff body and within the teaching profession as a whole, um, that actually using that doesn't just develop a, an improved curriculum, but it does fantastic things for a sense of collaboration, um, for improving communication and the conversations we're having in school and that sense of community of of continuing on this this narrative of continually getting better um, and that's what we wanted to try and impact so to provide the the tools the resource the research informed tools to okay how do you set about the, the task of designing an effective curriculum but also how do you use the curriculum to develop your teams professionally bring everybody along in the journey how can we all feel really engaged with what essentially is the the, the main part of our job um, as teachers so you mentioned two things a, a teacher creates the curriculum and then uses the curriculum does the coach fit into both of those things definitely and i think also um coaches play an integral part to when it comes to using the curriculum to develop professionally um and develop develop our teachers i think that often um you can see in schools when a curriculum has been put together uh, we we see it as done and dusted and that you know there's your there's your subject curriculum and we don't need to touch it for another five years which is completely untrue and so okay if we're going to move away from that and we're going to see it as something we need to continually review and unpick and improve we need coaches in order to be able to help us understand how to have those conversations there's so little training i think particularly in the earlier parts of teachers careers around how to work professionally with with other human beings we don't get told about that we get told about how to teach and we we get told a little bit about how to work with children but actually some of the the most important work that happens in our school um, is down to the conversations that we're having with adults and actually quite tricky conversations where you don't always agree um, mm -hmm. and how to work through them and i think coaches can provide a, a really powerful important narrative on on what that might need might need to look like for teachers um so that they are, are able to carry out the work of the curriculum i think how do you train your trainers one of the topics that we talk a lot here is you know it's it's okay to be a coach and you're supposed to be the leader of the group but how do you go about le uh, leading your leaders or training your trainers yeah, I, but I think there's there's almost a double, there's a, a dual strain to this, I think. I think there's the formality, so the formal training that happens. We have a professional um, coach who comes in and trains um, staff once a year, and that would be done on a refresher basis over the course of, of the year. You know, even when we go back into schools next week, we're having a refresher um, session, just a 30-minute session on, you know, how do we form goals? What should they look like, maybe? What does success look like? So we're continually doing that. But it's also modeling those conversations all the time, every single day in every single exchange that we that we have is how are those conversations? The majority of the conversations that we have, um, coaching conversations, how are we using those as opportunities to bring people along? And when it's operational, when it's, you know, what time does lunch need to be? What time do we need to escort children out of the building? Yes, that's not a coaching conversation. <laughs> we're just giving information over. But actually, when we're talking about things like the curriculum, um, they should be coaching conversations. It shouldn't just be handing over the answers to people because actually that's long-term work. That's not something that needs an answer all of the time. And actually what you do find when you make curriculum decisions like that, where they're very reactive and directive and responsive, 
we're disempowering teachers because they're not necessarily ever going to develop as individuals if we're just giving them the answers all the time, which coaches are well aware of. Mm -hmm. um, but we're also just making snap judgments that are really responsive. And actually, that normally dilutes the curriculum further down the line. So actually, when we're having those conversations that have long term impact, um, we're modeling what good conversations look like. And that, that has a massive impact. And I think that's where kind of our senior leadership team really excel in, and you know, the head at my school, Sam Strickland, we really excel at this because um, by modeling the way those conversations should look all the way down, that filters, that has such a ripple effect throughout school as a whole. You know, one of the things that we talk about or I'm looking forward to talking about is the fact that this team that we're putting together in our school is a, you know, it has the potential of being a complete team. We've got people who are interested in leadership, people who have a background in younger, people who have a background in arts or STEM. And, you know, the the uh, the goal for us to put these people together was really to build a team where we can complement each other. That being said, there's only one person that's in the classroom with that other teacher. How do you go through and, you know, what's your philosophy on, on cross <sighs> – what's the right word here like cross coaching or making sure that if a you know a math based person is working with a teacher that might not be doing math how do we find confidence to work with these other teachers who we might not have you, do you know what I'm saying here? Because I'm, yeah, I'm, the, I'm the not saying the main this, isn't there. So. This is the problem, right? Like, <laughs> have these conversations, but go, please take the question out of my mouth. <laughs> so, so if I'm working, for example, I line manage PE, and I'm an English specialist, so I'm sat there with absolutely zero knowledge of PE. One, I have a responsibility as that person's coach in PE um, to upskill myself on on some basic knowledge around physical education and what that looks like in the classroom. But I'm also really relying on um, that person being able to give me information that I need about their curriculum in order to understand it better. Now, if I'm a coach, the best thing I can do for myself there is to make sure I'm asking the right questions. So actually, have I made sure that I understand different knowledge structures and how knowledge is structured within the physical education curriculum? All of this is kind of detailed in the book a little bit. Do I have an understanding of how PE should be sequenced so that one sport comes after the other, comes after the other? Or how are we creating a sense of progression for students? And have I asked that question to my PE person that I'm coaching? Um, and so... That, I think it's not necessarily about being an expert of, you know, maths, if you're coaching a maths expert, but it's about having a basic understanding of maths um, in that it's a hierarchical subject, for example. Um, and it's making sure that we ask the right questions, because if you're asking questions of somebody's curriculum, it's quite exposing, um, it, you know, and, and it will enable them to go, actually, I, I hadn't thought about that aspect of my curriculum design. I hadn't thought about I hadn't thought about sequence. I just put everything that I wanted to teach, <laughs> but I hadn't necessarily thought about the order. And so as a coach, asking those questions is actually quite powerful in, in raising not necessarily problems, but questions or, or that haven't been thought about yet you know um and and i think that's the best thing that we can do as coaches is make sure that we're asking really powerful questions really kind of you know high value questions to get um people thinking about maybe the right things that they they should be thinking about when it comes to their curriculum design 
It's an interesting conversation. You know, it's one that we talk about here every now and then on the podcast. We talk about that imposter syndrome of you walking into somebody and you are the coach. That's your title. But that person might have 15 years teaching on you or that person might be the subject area. And, you know, one of the other things that we mentioned is, you know, when you're in an elementary room, you're talking to one teacher, but that one teacher is part of a you know, maybe many fourth grade teachers, they're kind of going with the wave. Whereas in an, a, a high school, you know, you are the AP social studies teacher. There's nobody else. You are the expert. It's a little nerve wracking sometimes, especially for new coaches who might be in their young, you know, later 20s, plucked out of the classroom for their technical skills. Mm-hmm. And they're walking into these rooms for the first time trying to prove themselves not only to themselves, but to others in the district. What's your advice when you're working with young coaches? Oh, I think when I think vulnerability is such an underestimated tool in our profession, and I will always try and lead by example when it comes to this. And I think it's about being honest about your mistakes, the mistakes that you've learned from admitting that failure is inevitable to the people that we're working with, the people that we're coaching, but that you fail as part of the process. We don't learn anything if we never, you know, if we if we never fall down at the first, at first, second, third, fourth hurdle. And I try and model that constantly in um, being really quite, um, you know, having a sense of humility when you're having those conversations and giving examples from your own learned experience about where you've maybe fallen down. I don't think necessarily being an expert is is what we need to be when we're having those conversations. It's coming back to, I think, as I say, asking the right questions and being reflective, I think, is a far more um, demonstrative way of of of, um, of showing that we are capable of carrying out the role as coaches. I think that can be. Brenny Brown writes a great deal, doesn't she, about being vulnerable? And I think that's an incredible place to start of just saying, actually, um, have you thought about this? Because I've I've had to think about this problem before, and um, it was quite a learning curve as a result. Um, I think that that they're really useful conversations to have. I don't think imposter syndrome is a bad thing. I've I've written about mm-hmm. this in um in my previous book that actually imposter syndrome keeps you in check and it's it's a really empowering thing to constantly have somebody going have you thought about this have you thought about this what about, what if this happens it's just a risk assessment i think having imposter syndrome now you've talked about training with a consultant coming in you know once once a couple times a year to work with your coaches work with your staff you've talked about the fact that you are leading and helping to guide these coaches what about the interaction they have with each other is there an expectation for you know sharing resources sharing conversations hey i'm doing this project in my group what are you doing and 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 what does that look like and i'll even add how is teams helping out with that because yeah you know are you using it for shared resources shared drives sharepoint all that great stuff yeah so we've got kind of several different outlets as to how that looks for coaches and teachers really so we have a, an action research team um, an action research group they regularly meet and share um kind of short think pieces that they read and then come together and discuss and that's been a really fantastic platform and that we've carried that on remotely via teams they also carry out an action research project so they come up with an inquiry project every year and then carry that out over the course of the year and share that collaboratively not just within their own community but they share that with the whole school body can access um so last year during um earlier this year sorry during lockdown they created a series of recordings and um and shared that with the wider school community so everybody could access those and and just you know just share their their kind of own learning curves and um and pitfalls um for their inquiries last year we also have yeah sorry is is that all teams and stream based or what are you using for your back end 
Yeah, so we, we're literally just using Teams um, and and um, and streaming it. Yeah, so um, we have a series of of kind of videos on. It's an area of our our online platform in the SharePoint um, platform, as I said. So it's an area that they have that they just look after um, for themselves, so everybody can access that. So, like I said, what we've tried to do is pull as much together onto this main platform because it really adds value. Then, if if every all of these smaller communities are contributing to it, it really adds value for you know traffic just coming through if you want to think about it in a you know almost as you're building your own website that you you want you want people to engage with um we've also had our subject so our subject teams have also had a large um, proportion of time handed over for um to curate their own professional development sessions um so they are able to have like exam boards bring somebody in and speak to them or they've delivered sessions on their own and we've also collated those um so for example we shared those so that somebody in English might want to go and see a session running in history. Um, and, you know, I don't know if I'm if I'm looking at the Tempest, I would like to know something about post-colonialism. So I can go along to the history session and that will then inform my own English teaching. And we wanted to open up these opportunities as much as possible um, so that there's a real kind of, yeah, cross-collaboration, I think, within schools. Um, I don't necessarily think that it needs to be this big formal collaborative process all the time that actually these these tiny you know micro communities actually feed into something um that means that you've got lots of people sharing in, in a quite a discrete level i think wow talking today, <laughs> talking today to miss kat howard the author of symbiosis the curriculum and the classroom we're going to make all the amazon and uh, johncatbookshop.com links available over on our blog post here over on askthetechcoach.com. Kat, as we do step into 2021, I mean, I, I don't want to bring up the whole let's leave 20. Eh, that's that's kind of cool. But what are your goals? Like, what are, what, are your, what are your goals as a district? What are your goals as an educator? What are you hoping that 2021 brings you? Um, I'm really excited. We have an MPQ, which is like a national professional development certificate that um, that teachers um, can apply for nationally. So I'm really excited to hopefully be part of that on a consultancy basis. So personally, that for me is a very exciting time. Um, as a as a school, really, I think it's just um, continuing. We we say that we continue to get better. It's part of our school improvement plan. It's almost our mantra every year, um, and we just you know do the same thing even better. So we've been doing a great deal of work around um, curriculum resourcing, creating workbooks for students to access. And I'm really excited about working with um, with our English specialists on that to develop that further. Um, that, that's going to be really exciting for us. That's certainly an amazing goal. And I hope that you guys get there. And if you guys have any goals out there, we would love to hear from you guys. You can check out Ask the Tech Coach every single week on Monday mornings. We drop our show and Sue and I have a great curriculum for you guys with many, many great guests, just as Kat here. And we want to hear from you guys. If you're interested in being on the show, check us out. You can find us on Twitter at Ask the Tech Coach. And don't forget about our free membership site, our TeacherCast Tech Coaches Network. We would love to have you guys and again, we've got a lot of great stuff happening for you here. So, Kat, one last time, where can we learn about the great things that you are doing? And uh, what's your websites and stuff like that? Um, yep. So you can find me on Twitter at Sesmiss. And I also um, blog a little bit about all sorts of things, really, well-being, leadership, curriculum um, at www.sesmiss.wordpress.com. 
Nice. And we're going to wrap up this episode so I can beg Kat to come on almost every week because we would love to have her continue to talk about all this great stuff. Um, guys, thank you so much for joining us. It is just the beginning of 2021. We hope that you had a great holiday and we hope that you guys join us next week. Don't forget to sh share Ask the Tech Coach podcast and all the episodes on the TeacherCast Educational with you guys and with your PLN. So on behalf of Kat and Sue and everybody here in the TeacherCast Educational Network, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you guys to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue Continue sharing your passions with your students. You've been listening to Ask the Tech Coach, hosted by Jeff Bradbury of the TeacherCast Educational Network. Please reach out to the show with all of your questions on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach or online at www.askthetechcoach.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please take a moment to write a review in the App Store.